presented by the Hockey Shop, source for sports, Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast. The music is the signal in the back of your brain that automatically gets you geared up for what's coming your way on the goaltending front. I'm Darren Millard, along with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. On this week's episode of In Goal Radio, the podcast, a great conversation. You want to be a fly on the wall on what it's like to be an up-and-coming goaltender in the professional ranks? We will chat with Matt Vallada of the LA Kings organization, and he is uh, fascinating in the way he takes you through the thrill of skating with some star players, but also working on his game and some new technology that is helping him uh, along the road. And he also talks about his masks and the artwork on the masks, and it's pretty darn cool. Uh, we will also check in on the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com, and our gear segment that will focus on the uh, Axis Chesty and uh, some real great advancements on that side of things as we bring in the guys and uh, just want to mention uh, congratulations and I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the International Day of the Goaltender, David Hutchison. <laughs> November 1st, wasn't it a great day? Uh, it's so awesome that we're able to celebrate all things goaltender. Uh, full credit, Paul Campbell, in goal writer, uh, came up with the concept of celebrating goaltenders on November the 1st. Uh, four years ago, I think it was. And uh, November 1st, of course, because on November 1st, 1959, that was the day that Jacques Plante put the mask on and, and kept it on. Uh, and, and I think for me, that celebrates courage, uh, the courage to stand up to your coach and to the system that said goaltenders shouldn't be wearing them at the time. And obviously that changed the game for all of us. And uh, as a result, we celebrate all things goaltender on November 1st. And it is so exciting to get on social media and see all these people that that many we know, many we don't know, um, celebrating November 1st along with with all of us. And and Darren, I have to give you credit now for deciding it should be an entire week as well. Yeah. International week of the goaltender. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. And and maybe it's November's a goalie month, but uh what do you, you see a lot of different posts uh, on that uh, International Day of the Goaltender that uh, really bring back memories and also celebrate the position. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and as Hutch said, it's pretty cool. It was 2017 that Paul Campbell threw the idea out there through the Ingle Media account. So I guess there's a little, you know, like not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but there's a little brand power here, like to to have something go from a social media post on Ingle to now a hashtag that you can see people posting about all over the world just three years later and and celebrating it as 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 a as a real thing is is pretty damn cool. So I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm with you. I think it should be a week, maybe make it a month. Uh, our goal here at Ingle Radio is obviously to take over the world. So pretty soon, basically every day will be goalie day. And that's how we treat every day here at Ingle. Uh, it's nice, though, to have the rest of the world at least recognize uh, us on that one day. And you kids out there, I think it's great on International Day of the Goaltender to uh, have a little reminder of what uh, life was like back when we were all young and breaking in and uh, and being going through your skates and and uh, dealing with the uh, the goaltending position that is very much different than it was uh, twenty years ago, ten years ago, but also uh, further back than that uh, in the days of the plant and uh, and those kinds of goaltenders, right, Hutch? Oh, so right, and. Just what a what a a week to be having chesties in the gear segment last week, this week, right. next week again. It's sort of chesty month um, because if there was one piece of gear that I wish I had back in 1970, it's a modern chest protector. I mean, the pads kind of kept us safe. 
the helmet was, you know, not the worst, but but those chesties were just horrible. And to see five and six year olds in something safer than what I was able to wear in university, uh, unbelievable game changer and completely changed the way we play the position. And I think that modern evolution at some point we need to celebrate as well. Speaking of celebrations, goalie day, goalie week, goalie month, you know who actually has the month of the goaltender right now in November? Our friends at the Hockey Shop Goal Department at thehockeyshop.com. Um, there are sales on all over the place. Now, obviously, everybody waits for the big Black Friday sale, but they're getting ahead of it. Um, it's been a weird year for gear. And so with uh, a lot of new launches that sort of officially happened in the spring, but guys are still sort of buying, you know, the lines we're reviewing now, the CCM Axis chest protector that we'll talk about later today, the Bauer ultrasonic chest protector that we talked about last week, the Axis line, the ultrasonic line. You know what that means? That means blowout prices on CCM Premier 2, whether it's pants, chest protector, by the way, one of my favorite chest protectors of all time, um, pads, gloves. Uh, as well as the Bauer line, the the Bauer 2S Pro line, also being blown out. You get like 30% off right now, uh, in some cases up to 50% off on different items at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, thehockeyshop.com. Don't have to wait to Boxing Day, or sorry, Boxing Day. Don't have to wait till Black Friday. You can get those deals now. We'll just call it the International Day of the Goaltender spread out over the course of November. Check them out and see what you can save on at thehockeyshop.com. And we'll check in with Cam and everybody over at uh, the Hockey Shop, uh, thehockeyshop.com and uh, Source for Sports Surrey in our gear segment. Uh, really looking forward to uh, what's coming your way from the Bauer or the uh, CCM Axis uh, Chesty uh, and uh, and the advancements that uh, that you have made uh, in that regard. And uh, that you guys actually wear the chesties while you do the review is uh, is <laughs> interesting, unique, and uh, goes to just uh, the, the idea of, of really diving into these gear segments. Uh, uh, some news coming out of the goaltending world. Uh, ben Bishop gone for in the range of five months. So that uh, really gives uh, the Dallas Stars uh, some added credit, Jim Nill and company, for the Anton Hudobin signing. Yeah, the Hudobin signing and probably goes a little way to keeping uh, young Jake Odinger a little happy too because it couldn't have been thrilling for him as a guy who they feel is close and probably himself feels he's close to being ready for the NHL to see Hudobin sign for three years and think, man, I'm just going to be sitting here. Um, the reality is for this next season, you're going to need three. And for the Dallas Stars, they're going to need all three goaltenders in a hurry, at least numbers numbers two and three in a hurry in Hudobin and Odinger. So, and, and this is kind of life for Ben Bishop right now in terms of you know, uh, staying healthy has been an issue for him. It's been probably his only issue, frankly, because when he's healthy, he's been one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And I thought it was interesting that it was a meniscus tear and yet a five-month timeline. And when that tells me, I'm not a doctor, I just play one on the podcast, but what that tells me is you're probably looking at something like a bucket handle tear, because I think most minor meniscus tears, we've had them. I've had surgery for two of them. It's a pretty quick cleanup. You're looking at three to four weeks um, before you're back on the ice not four to five months. So usually that indicates a, a more significant type of tear. Bucket handles, the common one. Um, that what does that mean? The bucket it, handle? It's just a different tear. type of tearing. It, it, I believe they have to staple a piece of the cartilage down as opposed to just shaving off. Like it's just a more severe tear and probably an indication of why he wasn't able to come back uh, during the the bubble and the playoffs. Because because again, meniscus is not something we associate with long-term most of the time unless it's a particular type. And 
you know, you can Google it and look at the details. I know there's, there's only one or two different types of meniscus tears that normally cause that type of a timeline. And they're not a timeline that you can normally exceed. It's not something where it's like, oh, I can get back quicker on this one. You really do need to let that heal. So um, good for them that they got Hudobin. Made a lot of sense at the time, regardless. Uh, just because of Ben's issues staying healthy over the past couple of seasons, that makes even more sense now. And like I said, probably... Probably going to give us a chance to see young Jake Odinger a little more, and uh, I'm excited for that as well. So a sidelining there, but a return, uh, Woody, on the Russian side of things with the the young Southpaw goaltender that everybody's talking about after the NHL draft. Yeah, young Yaroslav Askarov. The Russians basically took their world junior team to um, the and I'm going to screw this up because I'm like the Don Cherry of this podcast in terms of pronunciation. Is it Karyala? Karyala Cup? It's essentially... Only in terms of pronunciation, Woody. Please, let's underline that. Yeah, yeah. Only in terms of pronunciation. But uh, Karyala Cup, it's basically like a mid-season break tournament in Finland. Most of us know the Spengler Cup as the Christmas break tournament in Switzerland where teams send sort of their national or sort of their national leagues are on breaks. Typically, so they'll 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 send basically a team of all stars. In this case, uh, young Askarov was part of what is basically Russia's world junior team. They're using it as a warm up, and they actually pumped the Finnish uh, senior team last night like six to two. I think the odds going into the game were like I think the Russians were like seven and a half underdogs. Like you get seven and a half to one odds on them, and they they showed off their young skill. Askarov looked really good in net, made some nice saves, and you know. One thing we didn't talk about talking about is World Juniors, and we got plenty of time leading up to it. But to me, this is another advantage for the international teams. I mean, Russia's kept them together. They're playing. That's the biggest thing. We saw Canada announce its list of the five goaltenders that that, that are they're going to bring to a month-long camp, and none of those kids are playing right now. So when you see the international and the European teams, uh, their junior goalies are playing in a lot of cases in professional leagues. And you compare that to Canada's basically going to go in with a, a a one month training camp and no real game action other than exhibitions. Got to think in a year where Canada's hosting this thing and they're in a bubble in Edmonton that that's a major disadvantage from the goaltending perspective um, compared to teams like you know like Russia with a scare off, like Finland with with Blomquist, uh, like the Swedes um, who have the and I'm cramping on his name the Tampa pick. Uh, and then the kid who's probably going to be next year's Askarov in the draft, Wallstead. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how Canada handles this. But right now, I know for sure, like there, there's some serious question marks because none of the Canadian goalies are even playing right now. None of their leagues are operational. Let's go back here. You're, you're getting the line on the Carlisle Cup, the betting lines. I'm I. I'm not that big a degenerate. Um, may have may have, may have seen something uh, while I was uh, perusing my weekly beat down at the hands of the National Football League. Everybody took one this weekend. It was a bad bad bet week, uh, bad beat week. Um, yeah, so I may have I may have seen that somewhere. Uh, Hutch, jump in here. I I was just gonna jump in on the World Juniors and say. Um, not only is it more challenging because these guys aren't playing to make a selection, um, how many guys over the last many years have become the goaltender, uh, because of their early season play. And for example, you know, at the summer camp before last year's Joel Hofer wasn't even invited and, uh, he didn't come onto the radar. I mean, he was on the radar, but he, he earned that selection based on his early season play. He, in, in a, in a world like we have right now, he wouldn't have been on that team. 
And so major, major change as a result of how this is all going down right now. Um, I guess maybe opening opportunities for other kids. And uh, and just to go back to Vasilevsky, um, shameless plug here, uh, as Kevin is talking about him, let's remind everybody that on In Goal Premium, Kevin had a great story on Vasilevsky. Um, legs, sorry, not Vasilevsky, a scare off. And it was entitled Legs Like Vasilevsky. So uh, that's that's why Vasilevsky is is on my mind and he spoke to uh, Nikolai Habibulin about him as well. So um, check it out on premium if you want to know a little bit more about Askarov. Yeah, I would definitely suggest checking it out just to help offset the cost. I got my cell phone bill from the conversation I had with Nikolai Habibulin the other day. Uh, note to self, maybe next time try and have him call me on a Zoom meeting rather than calling Russia uh, on my cell phone. That was not a cheap conversation. I'll, I'll teach you how to use other technology so you can avoid your cell phone too, Woody. Thanks, Dad. Uh- <laughs> On the subject of uh, technology, old goalies and uh, and just uh, some stuff that uh, that that we've got up on the site and and able to uh, to peruse Hutch. Uh, yeah, well, as part of the International uh, Day of the Goaltender, uh, Paul Campbell put an article together from uh, speaking with one of our our sort of should I say oldest readers, and I only mean that in terms of how long he's been a member of of Premium. And uh, just talking about his return to play after surgeries and uh, how he's adapting as an older goaltender to the game, something a lot of us uh, go through. And uh, I thought it was a fascinating um, look at equipment modifications and and really just celebrating um, the passion for the position, which is something that we're always doing here. And so, uh, Woody? I was going to say Chris has as much Chris has as much passion as Chris anyone. Matola, yeah. Chris Matola, who, who is the subject yeah. of it. Um, what he's gone through in terms of the hip surgeries to keep playing. And like you said, some great gear tips on how you can take some of the burden off your hips by modifying your knees and modifying your attachments. Darren, you've tried a few of these things with the old uh, changing how you do your toe ties. But when we were running the webinars during the first NHL pause, uh, Chris was in on everyone with great questions for all our guests. So really nice to kind of see one of our premium members who who gets it and gets what we're trying to do in terms of sharing and spreading that passion for the position nice to see him featured and you know another pat on the back for paul campbell who not only coined the phrase you know international day of the goaltender or started this whole trend um but uh we we need to get his kids he's got three young kids home we need to get them in into school age so we can get him writing more because he's a hell of a writer and the article was just a really fun read for any goaltender of any age yeah he's a great follow uh, on social as well uh I'm back to the toe ties uh, with the bungees, with the yep. CCM access uh, pads, and it's spectacular. Uh, the connection to your leg and your your foot is uh, is beyond anything that I expected. So so much fun. Uh, the feature interview uh, this week, presented by Sense Arena, is with Matt Velada. And just before we get into it, uh, just a little bit of uh, the background on Matt, where his journey is right now, and uh, and where he's. Uh, progressing during this time of uncertainty yeah no second he's he's heading into his second year pro whenever that starts that's something we talk about and i thought a really interesting guy to talk to um because he's skating right now at a time when we don't hear from a lot of guys about what they're doing um you know this is a team that's been off the kings as an organization have been off since march matt's part of their phase two group he's on the ice you know multiple times a week and as you'll hear in the interview on the ice with nhl shooters like jeff carter and Anjay kopitar um, on the ice with Bill Ranford and Matt Millar, their goaltending coach, uh, their development goaltending coach in the AHL. 
spent last half of last year with Cal Peterson, talked about that, talked about what it's like to be on the ice with Jonathan Quick and all the little details that he's picking up from him. He's also, during this pause, um, been one of those no stone unturned guys and led by, you know, there's a leadership role there played by Bill Ranford. Um, you know, how many of our webinars was Bill on early in the pause when the, you know, when the Kings were off and everyone was off, took part in gear webinars to try and learn about the gear. Like Bill Ranford is a guy that people have looked to who really made sure he took advantage of this time off by digging into every avenue he could, finding new ways to help his goaltenders. That includes ordering the skills ball machine that we profiled on in goal premium. That includes uh, going to a, the network goaltending symposium where he first heard about Sense Arena. So he got involved with them. And Matt's been one of the, you know, to use the words of the Kings goalie coaches, one of their guinea pigs and a willing guinea pig trying all these different things because he wants to find ways to use his downtime to get better. And there were so many lessons from him in this interview uh, from that to mindset and how something as simple as what you choose to put on your mask can affect in a positive manner your mindset as a goaltender and as a person on a daily basis. It was a fantastic interview. May not be a household name for everyone, um, but trust me, it's an interview you're going to want to listen to. And we should mention um, Matt came up through the Sioux Greyhounds in the Ontario Hockey League and goalie coach there is Dan Stewart, who's been a long time and good friend of Ingol as well. From Southern Ontario and on the farm to Southern California where he's on the farm right now, but hoping to move into the big city. It's our feature interview with Matt Valletta in conversation with Kevin Woodley, presented by Sense Arena on In Goal Radio, the podcast. All right, Matt, there's so much I want to ask you about uh, coming off your first year pro, a weird year for everyone in terms of the year that would never end and now preparing for a year that nobody knows when it'll start. But for now, Catch me up with where you are at this moment. You're down in Los Angeles and you're actually skating as part of phase two. Am I correct there? Yep, you are, Kevin. Uh, first off, I'd just like to say thanks for having me on today. But uh, yeah, so right now I'm just down in LA and I've uh, been out here for about uh, two and a half months. So I've been pretty lucky uh, you know, to go to the rink every day. And uh, we've been skating uh, two to three times a week with uh, Matt Millar and Bill Ranford and um, being able to work out with the, you know, the NHL guys who are here, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. So we just been doing workouts every week and three skates. So it's been uh, pretty good so far. Um, but, uh, it's definitely, uh, just kind of nice to get back in this, uh, swing of things, obviously with a little bit of uncertainty on, you know, this year's season and, um, with last year's season, it's kind of nice just to have a little bit of a routine. It's kind of fam familiar with, uh, you know, what we're used to. Um, but yeah, so far I've just been down here hanging out in LA and, um, putting a lot of work at the rink. A little bit warmer than, um, say hanging out back at home in the winter. Oh yeah, definitely. You can't go wrong, uh, down here in California. I think today's 75 degrees and, um, I think back home, my brother FaceTimed me today and he said it was like zero. So, um, definitely winters down here are, are a lot nicer than, uh, the snow, but, you know, I do kind of miss the snow, all the, you know, playing some pond hockey on the lake, uh, back home, but it's definitely a treat being able to live out here and, uh, playing, uh, hockey as well. 
We're going to get back to that and growing up in Ontario and all your roots and how you got into the game in a bit. But I wanted to ask you a little bit more about right now, because you mentioned it um, on the ice with your goalie coach in the American Hockey League, Matt Millar, uh, with the LA Kings goalie mm-hmm. coach, uh, Bill Ranford, um, especially after so much time off and such a unique situation without games. What's your focus? What When you guys get on the ice, what are you working on? What advice would you have for other kids who maybe haven't been able to get on the ice or play games? What would you focus on mm-hmm. as the foundation? What do you focus on as your foundation? Well, I think uh, obviously being off for like a long time and you start to get back into things, I think it's honestly just the fundamentals. It's all the easy stuff, you know, puck tracking, um, just some movement and skating, different drills like that. Just kind of make yourself feel good, get back into the rhythm of you know playing the position. And, you know, I thought that was, you know, you know, for, you know, I've, sure any goalie can attest to or even any hockey player can attest to this but you know if you're off the ice for a super long time and you haven't skated when you do get back on the ice it's, it feels super weird so um it just been you know the first uh probably month or so when i got back it was just a lot of like the easy drills um with matt and because bill he was back in canada obviously he couldn't uh um come back to the states yet i don't think and then he's back now which is awesome but uh um, now what we have been doing is just kind of stuff where we think we need to work on. Um, and that is, you know, for me personally, I think I need to work on a lot of net plays, um, coming in out of RVH, you know, working, uh, VH, um, kind of just adding some tools, um, to my tool bag and, um, just kind of testing out a bunch of different, uh, ways I kind of can play different scenarios on the ice and, um, kind of play with my depth and manage that, kind of find some middle ice or whatever, wherever I feel comfortable. And uh, so that's just kind of, I think, the biggest thing I've been working on um, since I've been here. And that's just one of the biggest areas I can work on. So we've been hammering that out, watching a lot of video with uh, Matt and Bill as well. We've been watching clips of uh, Corpusalo from Columbus. I feel like he's really good at uh, really with his coming in and, in and out of the pipes. Um, he has a real good anchor foot and um, kind of just c- control. It's all controlled. So it's been really cool just to see how those guys play and and then just kind of put it into um, how I want to or how I want to use it and and how I want to play different scenarios. But uh, no, definitely. I think if uh, for like even younger goalies, I think they don't need to, you know, stress out. I feel like obviously, like I said before, there's we don't know when we're gonna, probably going to be playing soon. And um, it's hopefully it's sooner than later, but I feel like, um, you know, maybe as a, as a young kid, they're going to, they may feel like they're falling behind, but there's certainly a lot of things they can do, um, off the ice, um, you know, to stay sharp, you know, for, and just to be ready for whenever we get going again. Well, there's a couple in particular, cause I know you've, you've, you've become a little bit of a Guinea pig for Billy and, and, and the Kings down there mm-hmm. with some of the different off ice stuff and all the different tools you've used. But I wanted to, to touch base a little bit on that post play and follow that up first. Um, Corpus Allo, mm-hmm. a guy that I think of, um, you know, when I think of him in post play, one of the things I think of not just his entries in reverse, but he's a guy that uses what some would call reverse tracking, which some would call a double seal, mm-hmm. where he's got that, you know, one skate on each post when the play is behind the net, you know, sort of spread out and yep. the ability to shift back and forth. Is that part of what you're experimenting with looking at or are you more of a reverse one side then get over to the other side versus spreading out and having a skate on each post type of thing yeah i mean i think just what like some of the things i take away from like watching corpus solo is just like his entries 
And then, um, I know he does like to do the double seal and I'm not, I'm not really a, you know, it's not my style. I like to, you know, reverse. I like to, I've been skating with, uh, Jonathan quick a lot. We skate two or three times every week together. So I've been definitely picking up a lot from him and, um, I know he does like to, he likes to play reverse on his blocker side and on his glove side, he likes to, you know, transition to that VH. So if he's on the, if he's uh, paddled down on blocker side, RVH, he's, you know, we look over, um, our glove side cause we feel like we have the most vision like the whole way. So it's, uh, just working on my, the anchor foot, be able to C cut like back and forth to be able to hinge my body, um, back towards the goal line so I can look. Um, so I can still see that, you know, all behind the net base because my back foot's almost touching the back of the net. So I can have all that range and then it's just working across and I'm um, just kind of being controlled, having early eyes and just making sure you have a good clean connection so you can, you know, make that next, uh, push wherever you need to. Okay. So you mentioned VH, which is not something that a lot of people use. And you mentioned Jonathan quick, and I was mm-hmm. going to ask you how much, I mean, Talk about learning from the master and an opportunity to learn from the master. Quickie's a guy who, like you said, he'll still throw a VH out there, uh, especially on the glove mm-hmm. side. He's a guy who, you know, quite literally, you're too young to remember this, <laughs> but in yeah. 2013, I mean, he was the guy that sort of brought the reverse VH to the National Hockey mm-hmm. League. I should say 2012, cup run, everybody paid attention. It may have originated in Sweden, but Quickie was a guy that I think sort of Mm-hmm. created or led to a lot of other goalies wanting to do it so so what's that like what's what's it like working with him on the ice honestly it's it's a super it's like a super cool experience i remember one of the first times i skated with him last year maybe the year before that i was i was honestly in shock because you're on the ice with jonathan quick right and i i didn't know what to say to him i was like i was just in shock i couldn't believe it and um you know over you know last year and even this year we kind of uh, I feel like on the ice, we built a pretty good relationship just to be able to talk about, you know, whatever and different scenarios. And it's honestly been super cool because, you, you know, you just you can just watch and you can just just continue to learn um, and see how he plays different scenarios. And you can I'm sure you can agree with this. He plays a little bit of a different style than, you know, say most goalies. And um, he's not your he's not a cookie cutter goalie. He has his style and he sticks with it. And, there's certainly a lot of things where you can pick up uh, from a guy like that with his experience and um, definitely a lot of things to take away and just to try out even um, try different things that he does and see if I like it. And um, if it's something I like, you can add it to the tool bag. So it's been an awesome experience just skating with him and um, being able to work with him on a daily basis has been, you know, it's been an awesome experience and just super uh, grateful that I can, you know, be able to look up to him and you know he's a a role model for myself so i think it's pretty cool i get to work with him can you can you give us one example you mentioned already the post play but something where he does something that where maybe it's a it, like you said it's unique it might not be that cookie cutter mold or what we might expect and yet you know my guess would be he's got a very specific reason for it where any situations where you're like hey why'd you do that and he explains it you're like oh that makes a ton of sense yeah, I mean, uh, I've actually been watching, I do watch uh, some video of him and, um, you know, I feel like I pick up a lot of little things like, um, like ice awareness, like those head checks. He's always doing head checks. He's always getting his, you know, his information so he can make the next read. And 
I remember when I first came in, I would, you know, even from junior, like, I don't think I was the best at, you know, getting my head scans in my head checks. And then, you know, watching him after every push, it's a head scan. And now I've been, you know, it's just natural for me to do it now. So there's like a lot of, a lot of things like little things like that, you know, stick details on the pipe, you know, be able to knife your stick over kind of, you know, if he's, he is coming off this, you know, uh, off the, off the post, or even if it's, uh, even if it's um, uh, a, a low net drive, like he, like his stick presentation, he just, uh, you know, applies the pressure on the, on the shooter, but just with his stick and it's, you know, all this stick detail. And that's something, you know, I kind of picked up and you learn, uh, learn a little bit just to do and try. And um, no, it's been cool. Like it's, there's a, there's a huge list of stuff I could, you know, go on about, but. Um, we don't want to give all, we don't want to give all the secrets away. Yeah, we can't give up all the secrets. We gotta, you know, we gotta still have some for ourselves. <laughs> but I think there are a lot of us that just listening to you talk, like I got a big smile on my face, Matt, because um, mm-hmm. you're right. There's a dynamic nature to the way he plays the game. When you talk about reads, so hearing how much of it is based on reads and the importance of those scans, I'm I'm jealous. I can imagine there's a lot of little in- <laughs> intricacies based on those reads that you're having a chance to explore mm-hmm. at a level you know some of us just never do. So that's that's so cool. I guess part of this too is um, shooters and uh, you're on the ice. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing probably one day, like what, what's the biggest difference? You know, you're coming off your first pro season. You saw AHL and, and coast shooters um, in game mm-hmm. situations. You've been to camps before, but like, are you mostly NHL or AHL shooters? You can, can you tell, is there a difference from one to the other that you're starting to get a read on or a feel for? Yeah, no, I think there certainly is a difference between, um, you know, between you got you know you got all-star players you're gonna have some hall of famers probably here in in la you got jeff carter um you got some really high-end players you got trevor lewis you got you know andre kopitar you got those guys there's a you know don't mean to leave anyone out but you got a handful (laughs) of guys like that like that and you know just for me to be able to go on the ice just to skate with them and you know get used to like their releases um has been awesome but yeah certainly and I mean, in the American hockey, like there's a lot of, you know, high end talent as well. Like there's a lot right. of guys who can play in the NHL and they're just not, you know, not there yet. But, um, certainly I find, um, the difference is the releases. I feel like guys are a lot more deceptive, um, with the puck. Some guys will hold the puck on a whole lot longer than others. Like some guys will have a, that quick shot might catch you by surprise and other guys, uh, might even hold on that puck a little longer so you got to be like that a little bit more patient you got to you know just you know let the play come to you a little bit more so the patience uh aspect of the game comes into that which is something i kind of been working on as well because i feel like today even today i got to skate with the nhl guys and i feel like when i got on you know i was a little amped up you know, I was trying to you know do everything super quick and then i just told myself i needed to chill out because you know they popped a few on me and i think just the releases are quicker um and just get accurate too. Guys can guys can really uh, put a puck where they want it. So it's been really cool just to be able to you know skate with these guys and kind of it's it's nice to be here in the summer because you can get ready for the season, kind of getting a jump start on the season, training with these guys, and then you, you go down to American League level, and it might be a little e- like a just might be a little slower, which which will make everything a little easier than what you're used to than skating with the, the NHL guys. So it's been. Uh, it's been a great experience as well with those guys, just be on the work with them every day as well. 
Now, you, you mentioned patience, and that was one thing that uh, Matt Millar, uh, your goalie coach in the American League and, and the Kings Development goalie coach, told me that you guys have been working on sort of holding your feet more and being patient. Um, mm-hmm. how, wh- how, do you, how do you get there? Because it's something, Matt, that I think a lot of goalies want, a lot of goalies talk about. We talk mm-hmm. about the importance of beating plays on, on our skates and not committing too early. Is it is it as simply mm-hmm. a mindset, or are there things you can do? You know, again, advice maybe you can pass on to younger kids that hear that a lot. I, you know, they probably get coaches that that don't have the knowledge base yeah. that Matt Matt and Bill done do, and they just say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I need you to be more patient. Don't go down as early." Things like that. How do you how do you work on that? How do you focus on that? Yeah, you know, I think it's just obviously you gotta you know have be in the right mindset. You got to. I think it's part of a mindset. You know, just gotta. It's something I feel like you gotta really, you know do you just gotta you know just keep practicing and practicing it um i feel like that's the only way you're gonna just get more patient if i think it comes with experience in a way i just feel you know just being patient just letting pucks come to you like not just playing simple um being efficient and just not trying to do too much Uh, and i feel like that's what i i really uh when i first came you know even into pro last year i felt like there was a lot going on in my game i was trying to push everywhere you know, a hundred miles an hour, but in real, in reality, you don't need to really go a hundred miles an hour everywhere you push Everything can just be calm and you just read the play. And then if you have a good read on the play, then you can usually, you're usually going to be let the puck come to you and you can, you know, make your save, but I don't know, maybe you can chime in on it too, just for if there are younger goalies, but uh, it's just what I think. I think, you know, with patience, you have to have good reads and if you have a good reads and, you, you you're watching the puck you're watching what's going on and you should uh you know it should just you know just happen um but i think it does take uh you know some work for sure and then you know like i said before the experience so i feel like the more you play you know the more knowledge you're going to gain and um, you're going to learn how to read shooters better and um you know the, their tendencies and uh, i think that all leads to going into just being patient What's uh, what what's in your mind is over the past year? I mean, you were drafted by the Kings in 2017. Played a couple more years with the Sioux Greyhounds in the Ontario Hockey League. First year pro last year. Over those past couple of seasons, what what's in your mind the biggest improvement you've made, whether it's on the ice or off the ice? What's been the biggest step you've had to take and that you have taken? Um, honestly, I think the biggest step for me was uh, away from the, away from the ice. I think it was all in the gym. Um, okay. You know, I think in, in LA, it's uh, they hold our strength and conditioning to to a high standard when it comes to camp. They expect you to be in top shape, and um, that was just one area where you know I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't strong enough. I wasn't, I was still pretty skinny. I was pretty lanky, and um, that was one area where I really need to, uh, you know, get better at stronger um, and just put on more muscle. Um, and that kind of goes into you can't play, you're not going to be able to play a lot of games or you're going to get burnt out early if you're not, you know, if you don't have that, you know, that muscle and the cardio and all the stamina. So I feel like that was just one huge area for me. And um, since, uh, you know, past camp, I really focused on that. And I'm lucky the trainers here in LA and all the gym guys, like they're, they're awesome. So when I went home last year at the end of the season, um, they set us up uh, with um, a gym company and they got all of our equipment that we needed and we ordered it and got it shipped right to uh, my house back home. And I was in that gym when I was home twice a day for 
probably like four months. And then I was lucky enough to come back here and now just, you know, be training with the NHL guys and, you know, working with the strength coaches here. It's just really has been a, a really big uh, improvement for myself. And I think just from last year, I think I gained 20 pounds and we had our body fat test. And I think out of the 20 pounds, 17 and a half of it was muscle. So um, wow. I feel like that's one area where I've really got uh, really gotten better at, which has been uh, nice. And I've certainly been feeling it on the ice. Like I feel a lot more powerful with all my pushes. I feel like I don't burn out as, you know, as fast. And so, yeah, I feel like that's just one um, big area. And I feel like it's super important as a goalie as well. Um, you know, you got to be strong. You got to be in shape. And um, I think it's super important. Uh, so yeah, no doubt. So I got to, I got to ask, because when I look at your hockey DB and when I pull that up in front of me, it still lists you at 6'2", 165. I'm guessing that's before the 20 pounds yeah. were added, eh? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm sitting at, I think that might have been honestly when I was in junior still. I don't know if they updated <laughs> it. I haven't checked it, but um, yeah, now I'm sitting at, I'm like, I'm six, almost 6'4", six, and I'm 200, so. Yeah, they might need to update um, that. Two, in, two, two inches and 35 pounds, I was like, my God, this better not be updated because if he gained 20 pounds and it's 165, he like that. Like if you turn sideways, we would have oh, lost yeah. you on the ice. Honestly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's a big part of the focus off ice. Now I got to ask you though, like Billy, mm-hmm. Billy told me, um, that, uh, you have become a bit of a Guinea pig for him with some of the, mm-hmm. he's a no stone unturned guy. And I know Matt is too, in terms of you know, how can we find tools to let our guys help our guys get better? I hear you may have had the uh, the little skills ball machine that we found here at Ingle. Yes, I did. I uh, Bill actually uh, hooked me up with one and I ordered it to uh, one of those skill ball machines. And I used that a lot over the summer or over when I was home um, after the season was canceled. And honestly, it's a it's a pretty cool little machine. You can do a lot of stuff with it. You can work on your hands. You can where your gloves uh doing it uh you can do some movement drills um as well and i feel like i mean i personally love it i think it's an awesome machine and i really recommend it to like any you know any younger goalie i'm out there just trying you know stay sharp um with their with their hand eye and that's been really cool uh, i also been uh doing uh, the vr so the uh sense arena goalie uh goalie stuff on the vr and that's okay. uh that's been all that's also been pretty neat as well um i'm not sure if you know i'm sure you know uh, a little bit about that but uh it's just been cool it's, it's i think it's awesome just that you can sit at home you throw the goggles on and you can do a bunch of different drills and the drills are you know it's super realistic i know bill has been doing a ton of work um you know to get that going and every everything on there uh um, good to go, but I think it's going to be great if, you know, say if you need an off day and, uh, you don't want to go on the ice, but you need, you want to get some reps, you can throw the goggles on, you can get some reps in different drills, different scenarios, and, um, you don't have to go on the ice. So it kind of, you know, you're, you're monitoring how your, how your body's feeling and you're not, you're not burning yourself out, which is obviously huge is managing your body and taking care of it. So, especially in a long season. I feel like the the VR will be um, awesome for that. Well, I was was curious, how long have you been using the Sensorino? We were, we actually just brought them on actually coincidentally enough. And I swear this is a coincidence because it was uh, the conversation with Bill about something else that led us to this interview today. 
Um, but they mm-hmm. are actually the presenting sponsor of the feature interview on In Goal Radio Podcast now. So you mentioning them is perfect. Nice. Um, how long have you been using it? I am curious because I, uh, I, are you, have you tried it on the ice? Like, is that like, I know it's more, you can use it at home, but have you tried integrating it into onto the ice and how's that gone? Yes, I have actually, uh, I used it on the ice once or twice. Uh, Matt and I, we tested it out and it was, it was pretty cool. Like it's, it definitely, it's a different feeling cause you have the goggles on and you're used to, and you feel the ice with your feet. So like you're in a different rink almost. So it's definitely a little weird, like kind of messes with your head a little bit, but I think it, it, I think it was awesome. Like it's super cool. Obviously you can do the reps on the ice um in your skates and you can kind of if you, if, there, if you have no one shoot it like if no anyone can come out and shoot you can still throw your gear on you can go it on the ice if you'd like and you can get some reps in that way as well so i think that was awesome but uh i've i've been using it for about three months now um oh, wow since i got here i know bill shipped one out uh to matt here in la and uh matt uh gave that to me so i've been i've been uh using it almost every day. Bill set up a uh, little uh, program of eight sessions with a bunch of different drills. And it's been, it's been awesome. I think it's a really cool tool. Did you feel like when you first put it on, what were you expecting and what was, what was it like? Cause I think we see screen caps or people see screen caps mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that really fairly captures just how, how it feels when you put it on for the first time. Do you remember having expectations? And then, you know, what was it like when you put that on and we're actually stopping pucks? Yeah, honestly, like I, I didn't know what to expect because I was never, like, I never really knew about anything VR um, in that sense. And so I remember as soon as I threw on the goggles and that we were in the rink, I just logged into the session. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like super real. I couldn't believe how like real it was. Like everything's like, perfect size dimensions everything you know i thought that was like unreal so i i mean like i said before i think it's just a super cool tool i don't i honestly don't know how they made it so that's what i'm wondering but uh but it's 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 that awesome but no i was gonna say you've also used things like um like visual edge and and some other trainers mm-hmm. I- is it do you think it's important for whether it's young goalies or like yourself going into pro like sort of looking for new ways, other ways to get better beyond just getting on the ice and skating. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think it's always good to, you know, no matter what, no matter what you're doing to have an open mind and, you know, willing to, you know, try new things. And it's just adding, you know, things to your toolbox. Like I said before, you know, if you don't, if you, if you think something doesn't work for you, then, you know, just at least you tried it and, you know, um, and if, if you do like it and you do think it's going to work, then, Hey, it's, a, it's another thing you add to your tool bag and something you can do on, you know, a daily basis or every other day, however you want to do it. And, you know, with visual edge, I thought that was an, another really cool program that really, you know, trains your eyes. And I feel like as athletes and especially as goalies, we use our eyes for everything. We got to see the puck coming, but, uh, I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of maybe younger goalies or, even older goalies, maybe they don't train their eyes. And I feel like your eyes are super important, obviously. And, you know, they, they would help, uh, they would help us stop the puck. Yeah, no, I think it's, a, it's another really good tool. You know, it's another, you know, thing you can work on is your eyes, your eye muscles, you know, get them stronger to be able to pick up, you know, different things. And 
um, you know, I think it really helps out, you know, just, you know, seeing the puck a whole lot better as well. Yeah, that's what uh, Braden Holby, I remember him once telling us, the eyes are like your most important muscle. We work out all the other muscles. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we Why wouldn't we treat it the same way? Um, yeah. How'd you get, how'd you, how'd you become a goalie? Let's go, let's go back to Ontario and growing up and <laughs> uh, growing up on a farm, if I'm not mistaken, right? Families in family farm. That's right. How did hockey, how did, how'd you get the bug and how'd you end up in net? So I guess I can start off. I started off as a player actually. And uh, so back home, grew up just north of Kingston in a small town called Godfrey, Ontario. And uh, my family, uh, they have a farm back there and we're fortunate enough to live out on a lake and, you know, back home in Canada, the, the, the lake's free. So I remember about probably when I was five, well, probably don't remember. My dad tells me now that I was probably four or five. And uh, that's when I first started skating was on the lake. And um, that's kind of just when I got it, kind of got into hockey was starting on the lake, playing some pond hockey. And, um, you know, as I kind of got a little older, I was, you know, I was a big Maple Leafs fan, obviously being close to Toronto and, I remember back at that time, Eddie Belfort was the goalie for the Maple Leafs. And uh, I remember, you know, his nickname, Eddie the Eagle. And I thought his mask was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I remember his blue pads. And uh, I think that's honestly just when it, when it clicked, I was just like, I thought it was so cool how they had different designs and everything. And (laughs) I must've asked my parents like, Hey, can I try playing goalie? And um, you know, luckily enough, they, they agreed to it. And, um, it just kind of started, uh, started there watching Eddie Belfort and just playing, uh, playing some pond hockey, if you will. <laughs> so, so you're, I'm guessing you're a gear guy then. Like, and you would not believe how many guys, Matt, like long time season pros guys just, but for a lot of them, what started it all was the gear. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Uh, on that. I remember, I forget what the magazines were when I was younger, but, uh, I always remember seeing uh, David Gunnarsson, uh, he's Dave Art, obviously, yeah. all those masks that he painted, and they were in the magazines. And I used to get all the goalie magazines, and uh, my, my parents would uh, bring them home from their work, and they get them shipped to the work, and they'd bring them home for me. And I just remember I had piles and piles of goalie magazines with all different helmets and made by Dave Art. I thought when I was younger, I thought they were so super cool, and I guess that kind of what drew me into, you know, playing the, the position as well. And actually it's funny because going back to Eddie Belfort, I remember his pads were blue and actually my first set of pads were RBK, uh, like five K's or something. And they're all blue. So I do, that was my first setup and I thought they were the coolest things ever. Nice. Nice. Now, Hey, mass. So like if you're a mask guy, um, I got to ask, uh, about the themes on the mask, uh, over the years, yeah. if, if, if I'm not mistaken, there's, you've had some different cartoons on there. What's that? Who's your painter? Might as well give some love there. I'm not sure if you are, you're with Dave art now or with somebody else, but, um, and what, what, yeah. like, what do you like on your mask and why? Cause, uh, is it, has it, mm-hmm. we had a SpongeBob appearance? Yes, we have. And, uh, actually, so Dave art paints my mask now and, um, that's pretty cool. Know, shout out to him. He did. It is. It's, he does a phenomenal job. Job, and I, you know, I think one of the reasons why I chose him was just going back when I was younger in the magazine, seeing his helmet um, in the magazines, and now actually like being able to, you know, get a helmet painted by him. I feel super fortunate, and it's it's a really cool experience. He does one heck of a job, and um, but yeah, actually last year on uh, my helmet I did a SpongeBob theme, so I had I have SpongeBob and Patrick on it. 
and there's like a bunch of bubbles like under like making it like under the water so that was that was my first uh mask uh last year and i actually just got my second one in um not too long ago i'm saving her for the you know when we get closer to the season um just so it doesn't get banged up but i did uh i did yosemite sam and uh bugs bunny so it's uh it's a pretty cool uh it looks pretty cool and you know i think with my you know what i like putting on my helmets are the cartoons and i just feel like you know when i look at them you know i i think it's just kind of what i enjoyed as a, as a kid and in cartoons so i just figured i want to do like all the cartoons like characters i i really like to watch when i was a kid and also I feel like it just kind of keeps, keeps it fun. You know, I, when I go out on the ice, I like to have fun always. Um, I feel like I'm always smiling and just enjoying myself. And then I feel like, and, and I feel like that's when I play my best, honestly, is just when I'm having a fun, having a good time with the boys out on the ice. And um, I feel like, you know, going back to the cartoons, I just look at it maybe, and it gives me a little chuckle or something. And just kind of reminds me why I play. Cause you know, the game is, it's all about having fun. And no matter what level you play and, obviously when you get older it kind of becomes a little bit more of a business but you know i just always you know i feel like that's super important to me is always having fun out there on the ice that's a great lesson we know guys over the years that have written little messages in their blocker to sort of remind them of the same things or had little messages on the back of their mask so they take a breath take it off and that's a great it's mm-hmm. a great reminder because it is important were there times last year and i promise i'm almost done i've taken up uh, i'm famous for last questions here at Ingol, but. I did want to ask, like, as it becomes a job last year, your first year pro, um, spent most of the year uh, in the American League and, and around a guy like Cal Peterson, um, a little bit of time mm-hmm. in the coast. Were there were there times where it was hard to remember to have fun? Did you have to remind yourself? Because it can become a business, and especially early in your pro career, you know, I imagine it can feel like a grind. There's a lot of travel, and like, it's not as always as glamorous and glorious as a lot of people like to think, especially early on. I feel like everyone always has, you know, uh, everyone has bad days and their good days. But I think for me personally, I always, I try to limit those bad days as much as I can. And, um, you know, honestly, last year, it was probably the most fun I've ever had, um, playing hockey. I think just the group of guys we had, um, and even playing with Cal, it was, that was such a great experience as well. Cause I learned a ton from him just from watching him play, but, there's certainly a lot of things I can take away from, you know, that year, um, you know, that were positive and, um, there's some things I can work on as well, but, um, you know, certainly in a long season, say you don't have a good game, you might dwell on it a little bit and it's your first year. So you obviously want to leave a good impression, but, um, you know, I kind of, that's not really the way I was thinking. I was just thinking, you know, make the most of every day, you know, as a first year guy coming in, uh, I just wanted to work hard every day coming to the rink. And I know I knew Cal was a, he was the guy and he was going to play most of the games. So I just wanted to do everything I could, you know, just to, you know, kind of support him in that, in that role. And I just wanted to, you know, come to the rink, bring a good energy, have a smile on my face every single day. And uh, I feel like that's super important is just to have a real good attitude every day, no matter, doesn't matter if you're not playing or whatever. Um, there's always something you can do to help out any of the guys on the team and, I kind of boost the morale in, in that sense. But, but yeah, I think, you know, last year, like I said, it was a ton of fun. And honestly, like I, there might have been, a, I could list you like a handful of days or maybe I might have been in a bad mood. But, you know, the rest of it, you know, I just tried really focusing on, you know, just having fun and bringing a good energy to the rink, which I feel like is super important. Well, that's a great message and a great lesson for a lot of different people. 
Uh, I hate to do this, but I do have to ask just one more. Um, you mentioned Cal. What uh, and the lessons we talked earlier about Quickie and being around him right now. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. how good how how good is Cal? And um, we're, we're so impressed with him uh, as both a goaltender. We've had a chance to catch up with him and, and learned a ton from that conversation. What were if you could give us one or two takeaways? Things you took away from him or his game. Um, you're obviously not going to go out mm-hmm. there and try and ki- try and catch with your right hand, but um, there's a lot of lessons yeah. <laughs> I imagine come from a guy as good as him. Yeah, I mean, totally. I think you know, for my first year coming into the into the American Hockey League, um, having a guy like Cal was it was awesome. Um, you know, he's obviously been he's been playing a little bit. Uh, you know, he's been maybe four years pro, maybe going into five, maybe. I'm, feel like I should know this, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't, but, uh, he certainly does have a lot of experience and, um, he was, you know, definitely a role model, just someone I kind of just to be in his shadow every day to see what he does, how he approaches just, you know, coming to the rink every day and handling himself and, uh, you know, a professional demeanor. And, you know, I just think in that sense, you know, just, you know, learning how to be a pro, I feel like Cal has, he's like the perfect guy to learn from as a, from a, from a, uh, as a younger kid and you know i can't speak enough about cal he's he's an unreal unreal goalie he's phenomenal in that but he's also he's an even better person so i mean he made it real easy for me just to come in and just be able to you know take me under his wing and uh you know just to be able to learn from him and especially when you know you're not playing a lot of games you can you get to watch him see how he plays different scenarios see how he manages his depth uh you know see if say there's a two-on-one see if he has any momentum you know see how he plays it maybe getting a little off square if he knows the passes are coming across who has a better push coming across just little stuff like that was a huge help and but yeah i can't i can't i can't i could you know go on about cal forever just how good of a teammate he is and it was awesome just to play with him uh for my first year love all those little details love hearing all those little details matt it's those little things that uh that that make this game so fun to to learn from different people and hear how different people, it sounds like you've got the exact same approach in terms of how you try and learn. So thank you so much for taking so much time today to sort of share those insights with our listeners. Uh, I know they're going to enjoy it and I really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. But yeah, thanks Kevin. That was uh, a great chat with you. There's a lot in there. That's total fly on the wall. And, uh, and sometimes you, you just get that from people who uh, are just willing to share absolutely everything. And, and that wasn't in a, in a look at me type of way. That was just a great conversation with Matt Vallette. He's my new favorite goaltender. I, as I listened to it, I said, I got to write this down. I got to follow Matt Valletta and, and see exactly what's going on with him as we uh, enter into the season. That was cool. And isn't it perfect? Like to, to follow, like he's the perfect interview to come off of International Day of the Goaltender because mm-hmm. all those, that passion that we talked about with, with Chris Matola, that just, that, it, that, that just desire, that, that joy, that love for playing the position, like that all comes right. through in Matt. And, you know what, like even on a development side and path to pro side uh, and, and in terms of having the right mindset to make difficult steps, I think that all matters. Like, I think that's important. I think that stuff, I know there are scouts that look for that, that mindset, that attitude, that mentality. And it just, it's not just that, you know, it's there. It just came through in the interview. So thanks to Matt for spending so much time with us. Um, 
it was, I'm with you, Darren. I'm going to be following a lot more closely now uh, the Ontario Reign and and the LA Kings and Matt Vallalta uh, just, to, just to sort of see where that passion takes them. I think you had a really good point, Darren. We get so much more from an interview like that where he's unguarded, he's happy to share everything he's going through because he's a young goaltender, maybe not jaded by all the experience with the media, uh, maybe not so guarded. And, uh, and so I think in many ways, we probably learn more about what Jonathan Quick does on the ice than we would have from Jonathan Quick himself, mm-hmm. who probably takes everything he does for granted, uh, you know, in the same way that you and I probably can't describe the way we walk and chew gum at the same time, Woody can't do both at the same time. But, um, you know, the ability to describe what you do on a daily basis is is not something that, that a lot of people are able to do. So uh, awesome insight from Matt. Really appreciate that. Well, it's very difficult to walk, chew gum and talk at the same time. That's uh, that's Woody's biggest issue is the, is the last part that he tries to to really put something else into the into the mix of things. Uh, hey, what about wearing sensorina on the ice? That's Honestly, that's something that I never really considered. Different idea. It's a great idea. Uh, and I think Woody's going to have a little video for us that we'll be able to share uh, as well. And and that is the first thing that I took from using it was that not being able to have those movements um, changes it. It doesn't, doesn't you know, take away the value of Sense Arena, but, but it does change it. So to put it then onto the ice... Um, Love to hear how he described it. it was almost a disorienting experience to sort of know he was on one rink, but he was seeing another rink. Yeah. I, and, and as I said before, and I, I'd be really curious to, to pair the use of Sense Arena um, with some of the, the artificial ice, you know, the indoor stuff that we could all put in our homes. And uh, Maria Mountain actually sent me a little bit of stuff of some of the drills she'd been doing with both of those and appreciated her sharing that. Um, but, but yeah, I would love to pair those two up. I don't know that we get enough ice here, not being NHL goaltenders, that we could necessarily take the sense arena out onto the ice, but but I'm sure we'll give it a go at some point. Yeah, and I've had conversations with Bill about this. Like I said, he was an early adopter, and, and the Kings have have sort of you know provided this technology for their goaltenders. I think, I haven't had a chance to ask, but I think Jonathan Quick was going to give it a try uh, as well. And there's a guy who's about as old school as they come in terms of, you know, like from what I understand, not a big technology guy. Um, so I'll be fascinated to hear what the feedback is there. But I think there is, um, right now, if you were to ask Bill, there's a ton of value in there in terms of work in the hands and simple drills and sort of say like pass out to a spot. Um, so you can just sort of track that pass across, take a quick step and, and activate your hands. But the one thing at this point, at least, and it's a constantly evolving technology, but one thing at this point, at least you might be a little wary of is say that pass from the top of the point across to the far point or down to the circle for a one-timer because the movement patterns do change so much when you're shuffling across in barefoot or shoes versus how you would move as a skater. And that affects the mechanics of how you arrive and how you set and all those things. So um, being on the ice would change that. And so there's going to be this experimentation that goes on in terms of where can we use this? Where is it most effective? As you said, when we get on the ice, the ice time here as an amateur or for young kids is probably so valuable that you might not put the sense arena on, but you might put it on before you get on the ice, as as Matt has talked about, to 100%. sort of warm up your hands and warm up your eyes and have that real sort of tracking sort of mentality in a warm up rather than just juggling, um, actually have it and then translate that on the ice. But at the pro level, I do think, you know, where shooters can be tough, where they might have shooting rooms with synthetic ice where the guys can you know, do they throw on their pads or do they develop a, a set of knee pads? 
that they can don't even have to put on their full pads. Just put on knee pads so that the you know you you land on an inch and a half block like you would your pads. And now you can add that going to the ice thing. Or maybe as they filter through this, that's not what they want. Like you said, it's just about warming up the hands because going to the ice, whether you're doing it on the ice in a synthetic room or even on the carpet, is wear and tear that a lot of guys feel can be avoided by using Sensorino. We heard Antoine Bibo last week. Um, you know, I can work my hands and work my tracking and not worry about wear and tear on my body. And that wear and tear, let's be honest, mostly is going down. So this is going to evolve. We've seen pro teams uh, in Europe using it on the ice as part of their warmups um, where the goalie is going down. We saw Philip Grubauer, who's who's a, a relatively new sense arena user in his living room, was actually going down instinctively on shots with, with no protection, no pads to sort of change those those patterns. I know Hutch is, uh, if we had some video, there's there, there, evidently when he uses it, he's dropping uh, and, and making butterfly saves. I, this is I've something fallen I, and I can't get up. This is something I would pay to see. Uh, but yeah, so they, you know that's the beauty of this project and, and Sense Arena being involved with us. Quite organic uh, how it worked out this week in terms of me being on a call with, with, with Bill and Matt with the Kings and, and Matt Vallalta becoming available and it just all of them happening to be users. I think we're going to all sort of go through different processes together here and learn what best practices are. And I think they might be different for everyone in terms of how best to utilize this technology. I think what we can all agree on right now is there are uses that will help goaltenders, whether it's through reduced wear and tear, through better tracking, through better hands. There are positive uses here for goaltenders of all levels through this technology. And I mean, my God, how cool is that? Like, if you had told me even two years ago that virtual reality was going to change my my ability to practice, I would have told you you're full of crap. And here we are, NHL guys, NHL teams investing in it. I only have one concern with wearing the headset, the Sense Arena headset VR on the on the ice. If you have any players on the ice with you, and they think that you're looking at them, and they're not really dialed in, they you've got oh. this thing on your head. They start firing. Uh, the odd puck at you. Well, that's my only, we all know, we all know skaters aren't the smartest people in the world. And that's why they're skaters. Let's be honest. Like in beer league, in the warmups, they don't care if you're even, it doesn't matter if you're looking at them or not. You could be facing the other three shots coming at yeah. the same time. I'm, I'm squared up on the right, on, on the right circle. And the guy at the left circle decides he wants to go bar down off the back of my mask. Yeah, that happens. That reminds me on goalie day. We posted a link to the interview with Glenn Hall and, uh, and just to reference chest protectors again, um, he talked about having to use bubble wrap to reinforce his arms right. when he played in the National Hockey League. But Glenn being Glenn, well, you know, it gave the defenseman something to do between periods. <laughs> to pop yeah. the bubbles. Also why you need your rib protection uh, to protect you. And uh, that's a part of our gear segment uh, this week with the CCM Axis uh, Chesty as we are presented by the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports Surrey, as we send Woody over to hang out with Cam in, well, in uniform, so to speak, with this chesty, as the two of them uh, wear their their uh, outfits and uh, settle things down in goalie utopia. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports here in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. We're downstairs in the basement, or as I like to call it, Goalie Utopia, um, surrounded by the latest and greatest uh, in goaltending equipment from all the major manufacturers, sitting next to Cam Matwiv, 
back for another gear segment here on the In Goal Radio podcast. And as a bonus, uh, we've got the video rolling today, so we're, we're, we're getting so I'd like, around. I'd like to stop one second. I'd like to call it something slightly different. Two Guys in Chests. New name. Two Guys in Chests. Okay. Okay. He just uh, interrupted me on my own podcast to rename the segment. Two Guys in Chests it is. Um, the chest today... He's quite happy with himself at this point, folks. Uh, the chest today is the CCM Axis, which is sort of the next iteration from the Premier line. Um, Cam, walk me through. Like, like this is a chest protector that I have always... We've t- I've talked about it. I've used it. Uh, I've talked about when it's on sale. The last version, I would I should probably stock up. Kind of like when in golf, they, went up, they, they made the wedge grooves less. And I went and bought like multiple sets of wedges to have the cheating grooves. To me, this chest protector is like a cheat code in terms of size and coverage and presentation. What's changed from the last Premier model to this axis? Yeah, uh, to be honest, quite a bit. Um, it, you know, you're still going to have that same level of familiarity as uh, that older Premier, especially for you know someone like yourself, big big CCM guy in the chest department. Well, let's be honest; it, like it's it's largely a presentation thing. Exactly. It just. And that's the reason it was probably the biggest impetus for Kay Whitmore making rule changes around the chest protector in the National Hockey League was CCM's ability within the existing rules to make a chest protector that presented as well and as big as the CCM Premier did was still within the rules. And once you got it broken in, moved as well as anything else. So at, at CCM's R&D department, like, how do we push forward after that? How do you, how do you come up with something that, you know, still retains that size aspect, but, you know, now focuses a bit more on the mobility side of things as opposed to your past. So this is, to me, what it feels like the Axis has been able to accomplish. Um, a bit of a redesign on the arms, a bit of a redesign on the shoulder floaters, a bit of a redesign on the overall presence you see inside the neck. So starting with the arms um, in particular. Um, CCM has made a different integration for how the arms actually get in, and I've also brought over a little bit of the sleeve design that you find in the shield, in particular. Which I happen to be wearing right now, because it couldn't be two guys in chests unless both of us were actually wearing a chest protector while we talked. That's correct. I just want to call out that I'm also wearing a medium and you're wearing an XL, so I took that solid uh, point to heart, so I don't know, maybe you should try one too. Um, mine's fitting a little looser. I have mixed in the odd salad. Um, good for you on the diet change since we last talked. Um, I believe in oversizing because if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, there we go. Then let's get you into an access chest. So moving forward on the arms a little bit more, um, they've added a new system, which I actually quite like. So rather than having that same strap that you're always chasing, especially at the wrist in terms of for tightening up your arm, they switched it onto the neoprene design. Um, basically it's a neoprene wrap that wraps all the way around in particular. Um, I feel it's a very easy adjustment to get on. Um, it holds and locks in in place very easily. Uh, you know, a great feature that, you know, something I haven't seen on chest before. I love, we love innovation. We talked about it last week with the new arms on the, on the new Bauer ultrasonic. I wasn't aware they'd made this change, but I think anybody can appreciate it. If you've, if you've had like, an, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing last year's model. They were the, um, the E-Flex version and it's got that traditional sort of Velcro around the wrist system, which is fine, but inevitably over time they get stretched out. The Velcro catches and it starts to chafe away at other parts of the gear. So the concept of something new here with the neoprene around the wrist, I, I like it. What's been the feedback so far? So far, great. I mean, one of the nice things is it's not going to, like you called out there, it's not going to chew apart the cuff 
of your glove or your blocker in particular. And that's where, you know, if you look on, you know, probably look on your glove blocker at home, you look there, there's going to be, you know, that pilling basically caused by that Velcro catching. It helps to eliminate some of that. So again, a nice call out on that feature in particular. Sliding up the arms a little bit further, um, still a very, uh, I want to say the word oversized, but we'll call it large um, uh, elbow floater itself. Again, that coverage in mind in particular, um, really taking those space inside the net, but also offering a great deal of uh, protection value as well. Um, moving up the arm all the way up to the top, uh, their same Velcro adjustability that they've had before in their previous years. Um, again, giving a little bit of leeway into that size of the arm in terms of how it fits you. Um, so again, you're able to sort of adjust how the arm integrates into the chest unit and by doing so, sort of the length of the arm or at least the length between your shoulder and your elbow to make sure that that elbow is fitting in snug. And before we move on from the arm, I wanted to ask you about that elbow cap because I think they've borrowed some elements from the one I'm wearing, the uh, the extreme flex chest in terms of how those elbow caps fit in. Yes, yeah, so they are velcroed in. This again gives it a freedom of motion adjustability, I like to call it. So it's almost like you're putting on a, a player elbow pad within the chest itself in particular. Um, that allows you to, again, get a little bit of that tighter fit around the elbow without restricting the mobility of the chest itself. Um, that adjustment that we saw brought over from the E-Flex Shield, it really helped to create that kind of fit that some guys were looking for. They want a really tight elbow. We don't want to sacrifice any coverage out of it or sacrifice mobility. Just gives you that feature, basically. Well, and the one thing that I wonder, too, is I will say, again, big fan of the Premier Unit, uh, more in the last couple of iterations. Like I said, I'll I'll check out your sale prices because they are on sale here right now. Maybe I'll buy a bunch and go home and have one forever. But I'm starting to like these changes. And this one in particular, because as Velcro over time starts to get stretched out or the elastic, pardon me, starts to get stretched out in the elbows, that would be my only complaint of the old Premier is as they do get broken in to broken down is that elbow, losing that connection in the elbow and having that get sloppy. So the ability to sort of lock your elbows in um, into what is essentially feels like a player's elbow pad and keep that connection in there over time and be able to adjust it definitely appeals to me. Exactly. And you won't have that same uh, floater saying that you would have had in the premiere where that floater does tend to slide down and actually lead to a bit of exposure. Here, it's not going to do that because of that new style of adjustment. Okay, let's move into the chest unit. All right. D3O. D3O. Got my little call out here for those that can visually see through the radio. For those that can, it's a giant orange sticker. Cam usually has to wear it whenever he gets on the bus, but this time <laughs> it's to indicate that there's more protection in his chest protector. Yes, and the hard guard in particular, or sternum plate, um, D3 all the way throughout, and called out on the chest itself with also the visible orange, which you've come to kind of see from CCM in particular. Um, great absorption, great shock absorption quality to it. Will help deaden the puck a little bit as you are getting into those chest shots to help you cradle the puck. Um, very protective overall. I, like, I definitely like it um, as a bit of a call out and just anytime anyone puts on the chest, definitely something worth noting right off the bat in particular. Shoulder floaters maintain the adjustability on the back. There was two point adjustment on the, uh, on the older Premier. It looks like that's maintained here. Really gives you the ability, at least from our experience in the past, and, and again, it looks like it's been maintained, to not just, if you want the shoulder floater sort of pulled tight and wrapped around you or sticking up a bit more for a little more sort of visual coverage or uh, you know to appear a little bit bigger you also have the ability to adjust the width in terms of where they sit by changing the velcro in correct the well, yeah, one of the things i really find with this one as opposed to the last year's premier is that uh, these sit up quite a bit higher too 
So they give you a bit more presence, especially, you know, off of that shoulder area to create that, you know, visual look that you are bigger and taller, especially up in that shoulder area. Even in comparison towards the shield in particular, which is a bit more of a tapered fit in particular, this is quite a bit different where these shoulders puff up quite a bit more than that uh, the shield and chest in particular. Well, it would be a tapered fit, except I'm wearing an XL. Yes. As, as you've already pointed out. Just to make sure everyone knows. A little less tapered on me on this video. Um, the other part, though, uh, that I wanted to ask you a little bit about, looks like they made some changes in terms of the side and the rib protection. Uh, yes, correct. And even starting with the adjustment period in particular. So before they had two straps that actually Velcroed onto themselves. This one now is just one singular strap that Velcroes right onto the chest. Easy to grab and pull on. Um, offers a great deal of adjustability, but also that nice snugness that you'd be looking for. They've segmented the lower portion of the chest a bit more to allow for a bit more flexibility as you're actually moving, especially if there's someone who tucks in in particular, allows for a bit easier integration. Also, it looks like a molded foam with some D3O. I can see the orange looks like a, that's like, correct. Like that molded foam with D3O actually built into the side unit around the ribs. One of the things they wanted to set out with as a difference, you know, to set that axis uh, chest protectors aside was improve the rib protection in particular. A lot of guys and with emergence of that reverse VH, especially on the post in particular, you know, guys sometimes expose themselves on the side of the ribs. They've gone out and really tried to upgrade that area to allow for that protection. Make sure we don't you know, crack a rib or anything. Tucked, untucked, can you do both of this one? You should be able to comfortably do both. I mean, me personally, I like to recommend tucking in because I just feel like it's a bit of a better integration in terms of your unit and your protection in particular, but this will do both. Perfect. There we go. The CCM Axis Chest Protector brought to you by Cam here at The Hockey Shop, Source for Sports, thehockeyshop.com. Cam, if they want to, if our, our listeners here on the podcast want to get a hold of you, they got more questions about fit about style, about tucking or untucking, about how to make sure this chest protector fits with the pants they have, or do they need to upgrade there as well? How can they get a hold of you? They can give us a call at 604-589-8299. Perfect. Cam, thanks again. Look forward to coming back next week. I think we're going to keep continue down the line and look at more chest protectors here on the Ingo Radio podcast. Sounds like a great. Between two chests. Between two chests. That's the name. Yeah, we're going to have to work on that one, I think. <laughs> we'll have to work on that one. I like the title. I, I know that, that you're kind of uh, in between on it, but uh, but I think Cam came up with uh, something big there with uh, with two guys in chest. Well, and for those who are just listening to this for the first time and didn't see, uh, well, it hasn't been posted yet. It will be posted soon. We are now simulcasting these. We're creating some video to to add some some visual elements of of these mini reviews we do with Cam. And so I am also, as I interview him, wearing I'm wearing the E-Flex Shield. He's wearing the CCM Axis Chest Protector. Darren, it wasn't so much that I didn't like the name. I was just upset that he dared interrupt me to rename the segment. <laughs> it was more about that. And I mean, we were already having trouble getting him through the door. Um, so giving him that opportunity was was more where my 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 hesitation came in. My second part of hesitation is. If you're going to rename it Two Guys in Chesties, does that mean I have to now wear the freaking chesty when I do the mask review, the pad review, oh, yeah. the pant review? Like, hey, listen, these chesties are great. I just want to see the cup review. Yes, that that's the other bonus, folks. For those of you who are wondering, well, I just heard the gear review, the gear segment. Why would I watch it? Um, we may end the chest protector segments by seeing how well they hold up to pucks being fired at cam off the, well, throwing at cam by me, frankly, and my aim may not be what it used to be. And so 
Yeah, he took one in a bad spot in the first week. And how does he get hurt with that velocity of yours? I'm not sure you could break a paper bag with that arm. I'm I'm a little insulted um, for a guy who played ball up to a decent level, but my arm isn't what it used to be. Listen, if you throw a puck and hit somebody in a certain spot from that range, um, even if you have a jello arm like me, like Jamie Moyer sort of throwing junk over the plate in the mid seventies for the Mar- like mid seventy velocity for the Mariners, um, that's still gonna hurt if you get it in the right spot. And yeah, I just happened to get Cam in the right spot a couple of times. So if nothing else, if nothing else, tune in to the video version of this to see Cam get hit in the junk. It is great. Uh, the video is great. I wouldn't consider the the junk part uh, great, but and I wouldn't let somebody throw pucks at me without wearing a helmet or a mask of some kind, which he did, which was amazing. And one note is the video from last week is is already up, so an opportunity to to check some of that out. Yeah, and the ultrasonic that was the ultrasonic and some unique features there. Some that had you interested, Darren. The uh the bungees uh, coming out of the belly, uh, the multiple belly loops, and then the extra bungees to sort of clip your pants into your chest protector. I think that might actually warrant a return trip to the hockey shop in a short little video just to show everybody how it works specifically. Oh, no. Another uh, return trip. I'm, I'm envious. I'm jealous. But I usually am on, on this uh, podcast. Yeah. And, and check out how those belly loops are specially formulated for old men like Woody. So I can't wait to see him put on a pair of pants and tie them to the top loop. There was a one. There was one really high loop that had me envisioning like the old man from the movie Up. You know, with the pants pulled up to like basically yeah, yeah, yeah. your nipples. That's that's kind of what I think we might have to do. That yeah. Well, I'm gonna try it. I'm willing to take the bullet and be the guy that looks like he's 80 years old playing goal. The truth you is, last do. time I played goal, my beer league team felt I looked like a 90 year old. So that's all right. I have the photos. I'll share them. The basement uh, goal utopia is where you guys shoot these and record these uh, gear segments. At the hockey shop, source for sports story, thehockeyshop.com. Is, are, are there any customers just walking around looking at two guys sitting there in chesties on the bench? Uh, we, we, we've managed to, we used to do a lot of our recording while the store was open. Um, given the fact we're chucking pucks at each other and setting up video cameras and, <laughs> you know, lights and all these things, we've decided maybe, COVID, yeah. yeah, yeah. At one point, I believe you hear the vacuum cleaner go off in the back. That's them getting the store ready to open. <laughs> so these are early hours I'm putting in there before the customers. Uh, we, we we should probably think about shooting a few live ones there, uh, inviting people to come down to the hockey shop and take their turn throwing pucks at Cam. We can put them in the shooting room. Uh, I think that would be a... It'll be like the old dunk tank. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be a... We, except we'll call it... The, it except it'll be the junk tank. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cam, I hope you're listening <laughs> this week, buddy, because we just volunteered you to uh, take a few more shots in the junk for charity. That is awesome well you know what it's a different time we got to get creative uh with our production and our content uh thanks to matt thanks to hutch thanks to woody and thanks to you the listener for tuning in to in goal radio the podcast as we approach our 100th episode and even during a pandemic we are uh, really excited about uh, what is uh, coming your way on the world of goaltending and the gear and the technology that fuels our passion for the position 